Hello. Hello. Okay, we're going to start with a tall love story. A tall bracket love story. A tall open bracket love close bracket story. It's about um, uh, Louise Ross, 38, who's 6 foot 3, and um, John. John's 6 foot 8. He doesn't have a surname. He doesn't have a surname oh, or an age. Normally they do, don't they? Normally they always have a surname and an age. Within the first. Rarely a job. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, I'm um, I'm Louise Ross. Hi, I'm John Motherfucker, <laughs> 42, unemployed. Normally that information is given out. It's up front. At the point of meat. I think the fact that it's been excluded in this instance makes me suspicious about John. <laughs> well, I'm Shitty just... six foot eight motherfucker. <laughs> I'm suspicious because he's got boobs. <laughs> Look at him. His story's all wrong. <laughs> Louise Ross, 38, is often mistaken for a man. But John. Uh, <laughs> There's nothing age unknown. Looks like a <laughs> weird woman. Really weird woman. <laughs> she really does. Look anyway. how happy they are, though. They are happy. They are happy. Happier than us. <laughs> <laughs> now, when when um, Louise Ross was fortunate enough to find John, of no surname, at the um, the tall club meet, um, she'd seen a few others that she was quite, um, you know, they were quite tall, but they were a little bit. Um, she said they were all skin and bones or something. God, I'd snap those poor fellas, I thought to myself, yeah, looking a... at their skinny legs and knobbly knees. But then, she saw John. Now, if you can see the picture of John that we can see of John, the next sentence will be all the funnier. <laughs> However, <laughs> but this time, thunderbolts and lightning, hold me back! And um, she referred to him as a man-mountain. And a man the size of a doorframe. But according to the photo, he's actually two inches larger than a door. He is, isn't he? But just as wide. I like the fact that the Tall Club is actually called Tall Club. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what? I'd have called it, like, High and Mighty or... Uh, or... There's no point messing about. No, Tall Club. It says what <laughs> it is. Um, now, he said, Hi, I'm John. He boomed, holding out a beefy hand. Everything about John is massive. <laughs> Hi, I'm John. Hello. Here's my beefy hand. <laughs> Awful. Six foot eight inches with a 62 inch chest. Jesus, that's, that's like... about twice my chest. Yeah. <laughs> Almost. Um, now, the bit I also like is um, this work, just stepping back a bit. This is Imagine if you can that she's not met John yet. I know it's hard because there's such a a good couple, but imagine she hasn't. And when she originally went to the first tall meet, she walked into the door. I opened the door and walked in. Hell's bells, she said. Hello, smiled a man whose head brushed the ceiling of the Breadbury Hall Hotel in Stockport. Hi, I'm Phil, waved a bloke at the bar who was so tall I had to crane my neck to see him. That was Matthew Langmaid, whispered the man who pointed me in. Now, that's a lot of attention, isn't it, within the first few seconds for mm. this woman, mm. who's not as... She's not as, well, she's not a looker, is she? She's all right. But <laughs> she's had, um, so first we've got the man who's head brushed the ceiling, then we've got Phil, and then Matthew Lang. Now, why is Matthew, Matthew Lang made? Why is he introduced with a surname and yet no one else is? Suspicious. He's just because he's got a good surname. Do you think? Mm. Do you think John's called John Cunt? <laughs> <laughs> that would be a good surname, actually. It's all going on in Stockport. I know. Bloody hell. 
Bradbury Hall Hotel in Stockport. Mm. Also, <laughs> she's actually turning <laughs> turning men down because they're too thin, which I find offensive. <laughs> um, when she was picked on at school, you name it, I'd heard it, Lank, Beanpole, House Sesame Street. I think that's a reference to Big Bird, oh. but you wouldn't... It's not obvious, is it? No. House Sesame Street. Fine, thanks. <laughs> Fine. Surely they'd be better going... You look like Big Bird. Big Bird. Big like Beanpole, bird. Big Bird. Yeah, yeah. not How's... How's Sesame Street. How's Sesame how, Street. How's Oscar? And that, how's <laughs> Elmo and that old gang? Yeah, yeah. Now that reminds me of... Um, I was watching one of those makeover programmes and a woman said that she had a bit of a small chin and she said when she was at school she used to get bullied and people used to call her um, chinless wonder and... Oh no, she said, people used to call me a chinless wonder and say that I resembled a puffin. <laughs> Puffins do not have chins. That's true. Although, I can't think of a bird that does have <laughs> me, a chin. <laughs> so, puffin, chaffinch, pelican. <laughs> well, actually, no, pelican. That's one bird that does this a bit chinny. It is a bit chinny, isn't it? In fact, but, it's, it's all true. But, bar, pelican, basically all birds. <laughs> Will do for that insult to work. Yeah, but, but it's the way they said you resemble a puffin. It's quite an intelligent comment. It wasn't just like puffin. Puffin. You resemble a puffin. <laughs> back to. Um, she didn't look anything like a puffin. That's the funny thing. Back to Louise Ross and so-called John. The story. They anyway. They they get on famously. Um, very happy together. Um, oh no! This is no. There's another bit. Um, <laughs> I was getting bored of them, could you tell? I wanted, no, I wanted to skip to the end. It's not boring. Um, because she'd, she'd said on the first date, she said, oh, people think I'm a man. And he said, oh, you're stunning. I don't believe it. But then a few months on, she was she went on a date in a jeans and a T-shirt, which, to be quite honest, is asking for trouble. And apparently, I don't actually believe this is true, um, apparently a drunk shouted, shouted, oh, look at that. Is it a man or a woman? Um, to be honest, if you're a woman and you go out wearing jeans and a t-shirt, you're going to expect that kind of abuse. <laughs> Especially in Bradbury. And now I suspect she's got the wrong end of the stick and the comet was actually being shouted <laughs> at John. <laughs> which is much more Likely. believable. Likely. But John, John was angry and um, he said, he growled, I'll give him a piece of my mind. And she With my snapped. beefy hands. She snapped, no, it's my battle. Besides, you'll flatten him. Now, do you know what a, ke- a clever retort was to this man? He was probably drunk and wasn't caring. She went over and she said, If you want to get yourself into the toilet, I'll take my kit off and prove I'm all woman. But it will have to be the ladies. Booyah! <laughs> <laughs> now, apparently he went red and all his mates laughed at him. I just don't get it. No. What is she... Like, surely that would make them laugh at her even more that she was threatening to get her bits out, because... They obviously think she's a bit of a weirdo. But don't feel sorry for them, listeners, <laughs> because even though it says we do get grief, it doesn't matter to us, no one can laugh at themselves as much as John and I do. For we could give it a go, couldn't we? <laughs> yeah. I reckon we could laugh at them a lot. <laughs> <laughs> for a friend's fancy dress party recently, we decided to go as nuns on the run. John looks a bit like Robbie Coltrane anyway, so it was hilarious. It does sound <laughs> hilarious. That sounds bloody brilliant. It's, it does. Um, what a great couple they are. Nuns, nuns. <laughs> nuns are usually small in my experience. I saw a nun at Euston yesterday. I saw a nun at Euston. Was, was I with you? 
Probably. Yeah. Probably. We are a Siamese twin after all. <laughs> after all. We are. We see many of the same things. With our uh, co-joined. Seeing as we're stuck by the nose. <laughs> co-joined nose. Now, okay, I'm just going to get straight on to this one. We, um, there's an article, two articles about two people in two separate plane crashes who both survived. Two stories of um, absolute wonderful survival in the face of, um, well, a plane crash. <laughs> um, now, what Pick Me Up have done here, which is very, um, very much appreciated, I'm sure, is um, list four things that will keep you safe if you were to find yourself unfortunately in a plane crash. First of these is um, keep your shoes on. Mm. Um, there will be debris after you've crashed and you can run faster in shoes if you need to. Now I don't know about you Matt but I'm sure if I was to be in a plane crash, A, I don't know if my feet would necessarily, I mean my shoes would ne necessarily come off. Um, I guess you might have taken them off for extra comfort during flight. Yeah, that's true. But don't. Don't do that. Don't, don't do that. <laughs> it's not worth it's it. It's not worth it. Um, but I know if my shoes were on, I wouldn't think, Hell! The plane's crashed. First thing, get my shoes off. That's not. Is that your first thought? Well, no, except on the safety video at the beginning, the when they have the slide going down, the inflatable side. They say, ladies. Ladies <laughs> wearing stilettos. You're all sluts. <laughs> Get them off. Take your slutty shoes off. I don't know how many people fly in um, high heels. Um, so I'm not. I'm not convinced by that one. I'll be honest. Um, the other thing is, if you have just crashed, and your shoes are on or off, I don't really think you'll be running through whether it's best to have your shoes on or off. I think you will just try and get out of the um, the plane. Wouldn't you say? Yeah. Yeah, shoes on or off. Shoes on or off. Either way. Either way. Either is good. Next one, sit as close to an exit as possible. Now, again, um, I think you tend to get allocated seating, and there's only a few seats that are near the exit. Very now, few. Now, is this telling us that we need to be fighting people <laughs> or threatening people who are in the exit seats, or is it saying that pick me up readers have some kind of, um, you know, tickets go on on sale early to pick me up readers? Well, the headline to this little bit is "Pick me up keeps you safe." So yeah, that's pretty much a guarantee, isn't yes. it? So okay, so if you if you are a pick me up reader, you're guaranteed an exit seat. So that's <laughs> that's worth reading, or if nothing else. Um, the last one's boring. I'm going to ignore that, um, but I'm going to get to my favourite now, which is practice releasing <laughs> your seatbelt in an emergency. Many people panic and forget how to open theirs. Now, firstly, I think it's fairly easy. How? Other, what other ways are there for opening a seatbelt other than pressing it? It could be voice activated. Open! Open! <laughs> seatbelt open! Seatbelt release! It's not opening! It's not working! Um, now, and it says you need to be practicing this when you're not in emergency, but it's just, it then goes on to say, in a, in a panic, people forget how to open this. People know how to open seatbelts not in an emergency. You don't need to practice it. This is not something you need to practice. Well, you're wrong because I often, not even in an emergency, just sometimes I need, I need a little wee, maybe. Or I just want to have a walk around the cabin. <laughs> and um, you just forget. <laughs> so what I did last time I was on a plane... Did you have emergency scissors? I, emergency scissors. I, I hacked off the seatbelt and I took it home with me. <laughs> and now I just like to practice at home. Oh, but off. Oh, off. Oh. Well, I, um, yeah, 
I was in a similar situation. I needed some peanuts. Peanuts. And I thought, I'll, I'll, I won't press the button. I'll go and get some peanuts. And um, I couldn't release it. I was saying, open, open. I couldn't do it. I was, I'd forgotten that you needed to jab at it. So I, I gnawed right through it with my teeth. <laughs> I got those peanuts, though. Those <laughs> little salty motherfuckers. But don't so, just take... <laughs> Sorry. Remember, just remember those. Don't take pick-me-ups word for it. They've got a testimony from an actual plane crash survivor. This this is John Peltz, 39. Peltz. Um, he survived the... You may remember earlier this year there was um, a plane that had to crash land in New York's Hudson River. <laughs> um, you may remember in that flight there was no fatality. Everybody got out with their lives. <laughs> The first thing you have to remember in a plane crash is try and get on a plane that's being piloted by a very skilled, experienced pilot who, in an emergency situation, can bring the plane down safely. Also, I would say the other thing you've got to remember is if you do crash, try and crash in a populated area such as New York, yes. not some remote mountain range in Africa, which is what happened to this poor lady yeah. <laughs> who had to survive in the jungle for 10 days. And, and one of us survived, so the people who survived with her tried to eat her. <laughs> they all died, the stupid yeah, idiots. But, um, that, now, don't be confused. These, these are just Matt's recommendations. These aren't the recommendations that come from Josh Peltz. No, no. 39. He says, When the captain said, brace for impact, everything got very clear. I read the safety card two or three times. What? <laughs> At that point? Yes. Absolute, <laughs> that is absolute rubbish, Josh. That is absolute rubbish. If the captain says, brace for impact, brace not for impact. anything. I knew we were heading for the water fast. I locked my belt tight to and balled myself up over my coat. <laughs> After we crashed, I got the door open and grabbed the hand of the woman next to me. We stepped onto the wing, Jesus. holding each other for support. I took it one step at a time. I like how Joss Peltz has kind of painted himself as the hero of that story, rather than <laughs> the very <laughs> skilled and brave pilot who's... He managed to bring the thing managed down. Managed to bring the thing down on the Hudson River and is now something of a... National hero in America. I like the way he's still um, thinking about the ladies. Oh, yeah. Even in this panic situation. I grabbed the hand of the woman next to me and took her out onto the wing. <laughs> now, why did he ball himself up over his coat? I don't understand. Was probably, he trying to protect his coat? Probably just going into the fetal position. I can't believe... I do not believe for one minute that he sat there and read his card, safety card, two or three times. He's a liar and a twat. I hate him. <laughs> I hate him. I wish he'd die. Shoe boxes. Now, I don't know about you, I buy a lot of shoes. I buy a lot of shoes and I think, what am I going to do with these shoe boxes? What am I going to do with the boxes? What am I going to do Lying with Lying around, clustering up the place. There's two, in my opinion, there's two options. Mm -hmm. Keep the shoes in them. Keep the shoes put in Put them in the recycling. Put them in the recycling. Well, pick me up. <laughs> I've come up with ten, ten, Gosh. ten things to do with shoe boxes. Ten! That's a lot of things, isn't it? Um, number, uh, <laughs> I might start at 10 and move down, like the charts. <laughs> number 10, make a miniature doll's house. Um, okay. Number 9, <laughs> cover or decorate the lid and use as a tray for transporting very small light things. <laughs> yeah, not, not hot drinks. No, not, not hot not drinks. Plates. Nothing heavy. Um, maybe... A biscuit? A maybe, maybe a biscuit. <laughs> um, eight use as part of a fancy dress outfit uh, uh, for instance feet for Frankenstein's monster I can't think of any other 
fancy dress outfit that would just have stage shoe boxes apart from. I don't from. even think that one. I don't understand. He kind of wore boots, didn't he? I don't know what. I've never seen his feet. <laughs> I mostly concentrated on his neck and face area. Um, <laughs> could be wearing a ball gown for all I noticed. Is he wearing a suit? <laughs> Number seven, covered with leftover wallpaper bits, and users had these storage boxes. So that's basically anything. <laughs> Keep anything in them. <laughs> Marvellous. Number six, Keep your shoes in the box. <laughs> now, A, that doesn't really count. That's not cheating. It doesn't really that count doesn't as a new thing. That need to be on the list. That's the original That's... use of the box. B, you've kind of already covered storage generally with number seven. <laughs> <sighs> Shall I carry on? Yeah. You're a bit exasperated. <laughs> I'm angry now. Yeah. So angry. Um, <laughs> use as a play area for a pet hamster by cutting holes in the side and putting toilet rolls through them. All right. Okay. Um, turn them into gift wrap boxes for presents. Just decorate with wrapping paper and fill with tissue. Again, kind of storage, really, isn't it? Yeah. That could be kind of put together with number six and number seven. Yeah. I would yeah. say. It's all um, in the storage milieu. Yes. Um, user number two uses building blocks for children. They can paint them with poster paint. <laughs> building blocks. Fucking what, are they building? what the hell are they building? <laughs> if they want to build a scale replica of the Berlin Wall. In the garden. Ideal. But they're going to need a lot of shoes for that. I don't think anyone has that many shoe boxes. Because they're Pop. full of hamsters. <laughs> shoes. And, and on someone's feet as Frankenstein's <laughs> monster. Um, now the top one, which I think is bloody brilliant. Store bills in boxes separated into paid and to be paid. Decorate with paper and label. So not only, again, storage. Essentially storage. But not only are we being told what exactly needs to be stored in these things, bills is quite specific. We're also being told what the um, actual filing should be, paid and to be paid. Pay your bills. <laughs> Just doesn't need to go into a filing system. Just pay your bills and put your shoes in your shoebox. What I like to do with my bills is um, put them into a shoebox and write to be paid on top of the lid of the shoebox and then throw the shoebox into the canal. <laughs> What I like to do is put um, <laughs> put my bills in my shoes, thus, <laughs> thus freeing up the shoebox for my hamster. And my left foot is paid, and my right foot is to be paid. That's a good system. Yes. <laughs> okay, so this is another true life story. Um, this one is a little bit um, um, not for the squeamish. Mm. So um, some truly hideous pictures. Yeah. Um, well, I'll just dive straight in. The front door slammed and my boyfriend, Gareth Dickens, stormed into the front room. What's his age? Uh, it doesn't say, actually. Shit in hell. And I'm going to guess... Um, 26. 26. The RAF turned me down because I've got tattoos, he grumbled. I've got to get rid of them. Gareth had um, a half-moon pattern tattooed onto the backs of both hands, plus a skull and stars on his arms. When our son Bradley, now four, had been born, he'd had his name inscribed on his neck, too. It's so sexy, I told him. But with Bradley, his brother Cory, ten, and sister, seven-month-old Millie Grace, money was tight. So Gareth had applied to join the RAF. Like all of us, at some point, we've been a bit strapped for cash. Strapped for cash. And have... Jumped. Joined up. On that obvious... <laughs> that obvious that obvious, that obvious cash join, cow. To be joining the RAF. In fact, I think their current recruitment campaign just says... Um, money a bit tight... Why need, not? Need a fiver. <laughs> need a fiver? Why not protect the country's interest in the Middle East? Yes. <laughs> With the RAF. 
It had always been his dream to join, but that dream was in tatters, <laughs> thanks to his thanks to his tattoos. It, is that a pun? No. I think it, his dream was in tatters, thanks to his tats. That would have been a funny thing. Anyway. <laughs> the next day, he looked into the cost of having them uh, lasered off. Too uh, expensive. Too expensive. As you, as you recall, he's strapped for cash. Then one day, as he surfed the internet, he turned to me. There's someone on eBay selling liquid tattoo remover for six quid a bottle, he said. No. <laughs> Whoa there. <laughs> Whoa there, Gareth. <laughs> do, do you just want to think about that for a minute? <laughs> no, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. <laughs> Even though his, um, his good lady wife um, suggested that it's probably, it's probably water. water. He's like, fuck that shit. It's six pounds now when they join the RAF. But Gareth had done his research. It's a chemical called TCA, which tackles acne, age spots, wrinkles and tattoos. He certainly has done his research, he has, hasn't he? Isn't he? Yeah. I think he should submit that to a journal. Um, <laughs> that is a lot of research. I imagine that he um, had to leave eBay for that information. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't just in the advert. Oh, no, no, he probably went to. Um... But Gareth had read the advert. It's a chemical. <laughs> there was called... probably a link from the eBay advert yeah, to, yeah, uh... to the own companies. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he ordered two bottles. A week later, they arrived. As I nipped to the shops. Because if you recall, he's got a lot of tattoos. He's got all those half moons. Names. <laughs> all the names and ages of his children. <laughs> As I looked to the shops, he got ready to apply the liquids. Now, you're right, but maybe we've bought this liquid off eBay. We've read something about it tackling any skin condition. You or I might just test a little bit on, a, little on bit. an unimportant corner Or maybe of on skin. one of these children. Maybe on Millie, <laughs> Millie Grace. Seven months. Uh, not Gareth. Ten minutes later, I came back to find him leaning over the sink, groaning in pain. Um, I don't think I'll go into the gory details. He deployed it all over his face. <laughs> he, he's gone everywhere. everywhere. He's lathered it all over himself. <laughs> and the funny thing is, there's actually a picture of him, because after this, we'll get to this, but after this, he ends up with all his, his limbs in bandages. But his leg's also in a bandage, and there's no mention of him having any tattoos on his legs. So I think he just thought, oh, well, I've got two bottles. I may as well just pop some everywhere. So he's just even used it to... To get rid of nothing <laughs> on his leg. Now, two months on, he's had a skin graft, basically. <laughs> it's not funny. <laughs> the grafted skin is still healing. The tops of his hands are numb and worse. You can still see bits of his tattoos. But he's determined to get into the RAF, and I know my brave Gareth won't give up. That is exactly the kind of person we need in Afghanistan. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> oh, so, a lesson, lesson for us all there on tattoo removal. Sometimes paying a, paying a little bit more than six pounds. Sometimes <laughs> so, in the long run, that's just for the that best. That gets you into the area. That <laughs> gets you into the area. Because now, not only has he still got tattoos, really, he's also hideously disfigured. <laughs> and he's just staring into our eyes. There's nothing behind those eyes. He's just holding up his bandaged limbs. He can't fly planes like that, can he? I'm would, no expert, I have but. Okay. Left it. I love the way he went all out and he thought, fuck it, they're only six each, I'm going to get two. <laughs> <laughs> I know I'm saving. I know Save on postage, I know, don't you? That I one. know I'm money's tight and I know I need to get into the RAF, but I'm going to go crazy on this one. Get me two bottles of this acid, please. I'd get a third one, so the next time I get a tattoo that I regret, I've got a bottle <laughs> <Go> down. <laughs> It's like, if you're on your way home from the tattoo parlour and you don't like the, don't like what they've done, just, just rub it out. <laughs> it's that easy. It's that easy and cheap to remove tattoos. And the funny thing is, the doctor explained um, 
It wasn't. It wasn't TCA. It wasn't TCA. And that's when he sighs. It's a caustic chemical. He says, I shouldn't have, I should never have bought it. He just needed that doctor's advice, didn't he? <laughs> it wasn't enough that it was £6 on eBay. He needed some professional advice. Damn you, the internet! Mm. Now this is a good one. Um, have you seen that? <laughs> There's a picture of a man um, and in the foreground someone's holding up a glass of booze. So it's... And, and the, um, the comment on the letter is, you know how Daniel Craig emerges from the sea in his trunks? Well, here's my husband, Darren, <laughs> emerging from a glass of pims in France. And he's not emerging from a glass of pims. It's clearly that it's very, very clear that the pims is in the foreground and that Darren is in the background. It's not even... They've not, I mean... They've not lined anything up, have they? No, the, the rim of the glass isn't um, horizontal to the shot, so, so you, can, you see. can see that he's behind the back of the glass. And you can see that he's wearing a suit. Now, if I was emerging from a glass of pims, <laughs> I'd wear my swimwear. Not a suit. Yeah, yeah. And the proportions are all wrong. Yeah, it would have to be a massive glass of pins or a tiny man. Yeah. And Daniel Craig emerging from the sea isn't some kind of trickery, is it? Why are they even comparing the two? It's not like Daniel Craig set up some brilliant thing where it looked like he was emerging out of something. He was just walking out of the sea. He did. He did it. Pardon? <laughs> <laughs> he just did it, didn't he? He did. Now here's some fat woman. Um, okay, where's the bit? Where, where does it tell you what you get paid for this? Twenty-five pounds. Twenty-five pounds. You get twenty-five pounds for this. Okay. There's a fat woman with a scone in her face, with a bit of jam and cream on it. She's not doing anything clever. It's just her fat face with this scone hanging out. Um, the scone's my mate. Oh, okay. Um, and basically it just says uh, my fat friend likes scones so look she's just eating this she's just got a scone in her mouth and she's eating it she's eating the scone um, 25 pounds 25 pounds for that what, um, what listeners may not know is that <laughs> Louisa has for a number of years been trying to get <laughs> a letter into one of these magazines and it's been rejected on a number of occasions <laughs> so if you can detect a trace of bitterness <laughs> In her voice. <laughs> that may be why. I think between now and our next episode, we should um, we should try and get a photo in this okay, in okay. this mag. Okay. I was once told not only was it ignored, I actually they, went, they actually went to the trouble of writing to me and saying, um, "Thank you for sending in your top tip. I'm sorry. Oh, we should do top tips next. I'm sorry. Um, it's not up to our usual standard. <laughs> but what our usual said, standard being um, fastening sanity towels to your feet." <laughs> Um, as little slippers or to make interesting nameplates at the Christmas dinner table cut out names and shove them in cold sprouts and what was your tip? mine was um, instead of wasting money on wrapping paper wrap up your friends presents in copies of Take a Break so they can laugh at the awful stories and look at the hideous pictures obviously I didn't put that I put so that they can read the heartwarming tales and do the do some of the puzzles um, but it's up, not up to their usual standard however fat Jamie the scone in the mouth clearly is okay we're on top tips now now um, you know imagine a top tip it's something that it's a tip that other people can apply to their lives it's a tip it? it's That's... not just one thing that you just once did because you're um, mentally <laughs> loose <laughs> however 
If a hamster has a low protein diet, it can contribute to hair loss. Make sure to feed your hamster a diet with the correct fibre and protein content. At my clinic, I use Burgess Super Hamster. <laughs> I don't have a hamster, Matt. How am I going to apply that to my life? Well, what they don't specify is whose hair loss. Because actually, sometimes hamsters can be so starved of protein, they will leap onto your head and just start <laughs> chewing away at your, uh, at your scalp. That's what that little fellow's been up to. You but uh, if, you, if you're starting to gills with Burgess Super Hamster, <laughs> then um, that doesn't happen. It saves you. You're alright. Oh, well, that's, that's worth it. And right. it's super, it's spelled as in uh, Superfly by Missy Elliott. Which, so it's, it's a, it's a hip-hop pet food. It's an urban pet food. Funny thing is, the little picture of the um, hamster they've picked looks a bit like a potato, doesn't it? <laughs> it does look a little bit like a potato. <laughs> <laughs> um, now this one's a good one. <laughs> My children used to swing our bathroom light pole cord against the wall, cracking the tiles. Now can we just stop there for a moment? Cracking the tiles. Cracking the tiles. Um, either she had extremely powerful children, <laughs> <laughs> or the light switch hangy thing was made of um, titanium. Because in my normally it's a little plastic thing, doesn't it? Or plastic. if you've spent a bit of money on it looking good, it's a bit wooden. Fake wood. Yeah, wood on. Wood on. Now in my experience, smashing that with all the power of the world into tiles does not cause. A I crack. think the the thing on the end of the string would break before the tiles did. That's what I think. In fact, sometimes you do. do they the do test? break, don't they? Those. They things? do. Yeah. Um, but what this clever woman, Kathleen Brown from Belfast, <laughs> what, what she's decided to do is. To avoid this happening, she's collected lids from novelty shampoo bottles and attached them to the cord. Um, now, that in itself fairly sensible, but if only you could see the picture, because what she's picked... <laughs> they're Teletubbies, are aren't Teletubbies, they? They're Teletubbies, massive heads. <laughs> Is this one black? I didn't know there was a black Teletubby. One of them was slightly darker than the others, yeah. Yeah, they were a diverse bunch. Ah. Um, so... There's the you walk into the bathroom at night time and all you can see is a big hideous plastic <laughs> Teletubby face staring at you. I'd rather take my chances with the cracking tiles to be quite honest. And the the photo's not been very well lit, so kind of half the Teletubby's face is in darkness. Yeah. It's uh, it's awful. I am gonna stay awake all night for fear of <laughs> dreaming about that bad boy. That reminds me, it's just off the point, but I had a dream last night. Um, I'm applying for a job at the moment. I was working on the job application until quite late, so it was fresh in my mind when I tried to sleep. And I had a dream that I got an interview, but unfortunately I didn't get the job because um, I fell down on the part where you had to wrap your job history. <laughs> I was in. I can see. I can imagine that I was in the. Um, I was in the waiting room, waiting, um, trying desperately to make things rhyme, like librarian with. Working at Consignia. Contrarian. Yeah. Well, you would have been good. I'm a librarian. I ain't contrarian. Motherfucker. <laughs> if you have a fancy tissue box, don't throw it away. Carefully open the bottom and refill with supermarket value tissues. No one will ever know the difference. Brilliant. I'll tell you who'll know the difference. You, when you have a cold and you try and blow into one of these tissues. No balm. No balm. <laughs> 
Look <laughs> what it did on the nice thing. That's no barb. Um, Those cheap ass tissues will rub your nose dry, they will. Yeah, then you'll be sorry. So you'll wish you'd spend the extra money. 25 quid, though. You could... Um, you could loads of tissues for that, couldn't you? You could, you could, you could go mental. Um, send us a photo tip, and if we print it, we pay £25. It's £15 without a photo. Everyone's, I like this one. Everyone's gone for it. They've all... Um, Sent in pictures, even if it is a hamster that looks like a potato. Well, you would, wouldn't you? It's an extra ten quid. Sorry. <laughs> Waste not, want not. My mum's pajama bottoms were much too long for her, so after shortening them, I kept the extra bit of leg and turned it into two little cushions. It says little cushions. That is basically a full-sized cushion. That is a big cushion. All She's, I can think is either huge pajama bottoms or a tiny woman or both. I mean, it would have to be both. <laughs> yeah. I had. I recently had a pair of trousers shortened. And what came off? Two with the, with the excess, less possibly. Yeah. And you know, I'm 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 kind of average. You could have made a pillow for an ant. <laughs> Maybe Perhaps. yeah. A leopard print pillow for an ant. If that. Unless the girl who's holding, because we know this, can you see? Because there's a girl for scale. Unless the girl is um, deformed. Tiny. Maybe. Or maybe she's in the background and that's someone yeah. else's arm dangling in front of the camera. Yeah. Um, they look like a cracking bear of pajamas, though. <laughs> they do, don't they? They do. So, um, good tip there if you're uh, if you've got tiny legs <laughs> and, um, good, and you want good, a pillow. Good seamstress skills. Just <laughs> um, that. Can we just? I think we're just going to finish on. Um, there's some cooking. There's a cooking page here, yum, and they've decided yum, yum, yum. to give it an X Factor theme for no reason. I no mean, reason. Not, well, the X Factor is popular. The X Factor is popular, it's but it has been for a few weeks. It's not the final or anything. No. I think it would make sense at the final. But what they've done is, they've it's just. Clever, this. They've obviously decided that they want to put these recipes in. These recipes are going in whether they like it or not. They're not moving on what recipes go in. So they've had to add some extremely tenuous. Um, titles to them um, that in a tiny tiny way have some link to the some X Factor link. or the X Factor um, judges for example uh, we've got um, Cheryl's Easy Cheesy Cake so it's cheesecake I, I, I mean I may be wrong but I don't know if um, Cheryl Cole has ever expressed any interest in cheesecake there's no element of this that is in any way related to Cheryl, is there? No, I can see. No. Um. Now we've also got um, Cowell's Star of Tomorrow Stir Fry. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> I don't know why it can't just be Cowell's Stir Fry. I, d I don't understand <laughs> it. Um, and then so we've got one for Minogue and one for Louie, which, you know, I'm not going to waste your time on them. But then we've got Sob Story Spuds. <laughs> And uh, it's, it's, um, from what I can see, it's just some potatoes. Potato wedges with um, with seasoning. But they're sob story spuds. So with tzatziki. Mm. Um, I think um, the uh, pick-me-up readers will have that in, won't they? Tzatziki? Yeah. But they eat nothing else. Yeah. Um, I like Louis Curry in a hurry. Um, they've, got, <laughs> they've, got, they've got a list of the ingredients here. Um, <laughs> curry, curry making ingredients. Uh, oil, an onion, chilli, garlic puree, ginger, chicken, and of course, one jar of ready-made curry sauce. <laughs> <laughs> that is a brilliant, brilliant recipe. And I'm sure it was Louis who, um, I'm sure it's Louis's recipe. I'm sure he, uh, he eats that all the time, he eats nothing else back in, uh, 
Dublin. <laughs> and they've embellished the page with little X-Factor facts, such as, when she was a child, Cheryl appeared with her brother in an ad for British Gas. <laughs> Doesn't really have anything Don't to do with the X-Factor. Do that. All the food. to do with X-Factor. Oh yeah, like you say, all the food. I, I'm struggling. I'm really struggling with this page. I'm still, yeah, I think the um, sob story spuds are the most confusing. Although the boot camp bars look quite tasty. They're covered in cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> that's, uh, that's Simon Cowell's cocaine. Mm. <laughs> anyway, shall we, um, I think it's time we wrapped up this motherfucker. Yes, that's all for, that's all for this week, <laughs> listeners. We'll be back again soon with more. With more, uh, with more stories and advice yeah. for y'all. Thanks for listening. See you next time. Bye! Bye.